0: Push and Richie here, welcome to another podcast. Uh, before we get going can I just say that I think we might have a problem <laughs> go on the problem is it's a t- we've, we've developed a tafifi problem you yes. brought tafifi into our relationship yep and now we're on we're doing a box a day
1: yeah we are um, how did this happen uh, this happened because my wife uh, ate a box of tafifi uh, that I had bought uh, it was left at home she ate the whole box all the tafifis in it got in touch and said really sorry eating that box of tafifi I yeah. was raging uh, because uh, you know th- that's outrageous behaviour uh Boxes of Tafifi made their way into the studio as people heard the plight that our household was in. Thank you at the time, Tafifi, we
0: appreciate that. Now we're eating a box a night. It's absolutely out of control. If there's a a confectionery or a thing that you're currently doing one a night of, something like that, let us know. You can email us, hometime at absoluteradio.co.uk. Richie's bag is on the table.
1: It's on the table because...
0: No. Oh, more, there's more. This is
1: out of control. Do we open them now or save them till tomorrow? Oh, God, get them open now. <laughs> <laughs> Of a moment in our little world uh, this morning. My daughter uh, got her first job, first proper job, working in a bookshop three days a week as she's doing doing her A levels. Good for her. Yes, it's exciting. Who knows where it's going to take her in the world of work? Because this is the thing that first job that you do, you always remember it, but it often ends up being very different to what you end up doing. For example, I started work as a dustman, and now here I am, kind of peddling the rubbish with yourself. That's fair. I can't argue with that. What kind of dustman were
0: you then? Were you you hanging off the van, the one that runs around? Are you the one that puts all the bags together at the beginning, like ahead of the other ones, and then you come and grab them? Or were you driving, or what was going
1: on? We were trade waste, mate. Trade waste. Trade waste. So two of us, uh, two of us in a cart, and uh, we weren't households, so we were going around all the businesses of Eastbourne, uh, picking up their trade waste. So, you know, big old wheelie bins on the back and all that kind of thing. Oh, so you get to do the machine where it
0: flips a massive yeah. bottle yeah. bank wheelie bin into the back of the bag. Yeah, band. great fun. That's Six great o'clock fun.
1: starts, finish about three o'clock, absolutely stinking. Uh, and what, what Hive is... Day glow kind of fisherman's style outfit. Even back in the nineties, high vis was a thing. Yeah, donkey jacket. Tell me, you had a donkey jacket. Yeah, 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 yeah. Little pads on the Heavy shoulders. Everyone smelled even worse. <laughs> uh, so we, I thought it'd be a, a good little thing to do. Final hour of your working day, just to to yeah. go back to those first jobs. The question is, what was your first job and what is your current job? Let's see how quickly and how far things have moved. So, what was it for you? First job for me, pot wash or kitchen porter, right. uh, in the world of
0: obviously did loads of seasonal work down in Devon because I grew up by the coast. I would say it's one of the toughest things I've ever done being a kitchen porter because you're you're the lowest rank of all the people in a kitchen. Yep. Kitchens can be quite brutal places. People always take the mickey out of the kitchen porter and the guy I worked with who was the other kitchen porter, they used to pick on him all the time. They put fish batter all over his car once so they battered his car <laughs> and then the other time they put him through his own washing machine.
1: <laughs> Chandler's in Brixham if you've ever been there as a restaurant. Here's a question. Do you think if you hadn't been hardened at the school of hard Knocks with all the- that in the kitchen, do you think it would have made you the person that you are today doing this? If I hadn't of words in those kitchens, I would never have known how to chip a
0: ciggy halfway through if you're smoking a royal and put it over your, your left ear uh, whilst you're having your break.
1: There you go. I'd love to have eaten from your kitchen. It's an amazing place. It really was. So, first job, current job. What were they? How similar are they? We want to find out. Laura's tweeted, shop assistant in a greengrocer grocer at 14. I am now a senior biomedical scientist. I love it. There's so many jobs out there. I've
0: got absolutely no idea what, what people do. Uh, some people are uh, Uh, A little bit more direct, Natalie Smith on Twitter says, hotel stroke prison. There you go. Could have gone either way, though. I'm not entirely sure
1: how that one's panned out. Dowie says, first job I worked in was a Chinese takeaway. Current job, I work in education and social work, so it's completely okay. unrelated. However, I do seem to spend a lot of the money I earn in my current job on Chinese takeaways. So there you go. It's good to see people putting back into the industries that started them off Absolutely.
0: on the right track. Uh, so, now,
1: Richie and I are taking these
0: messages from you guys this evening in good faith, so I would be very disappointed if you're taking this opportunity to get in touch and using it as a joke to make us look silly on the radio. We know, you wouldn't do that normally. We just want to double-check. For example, Lorna says, Guys, my first job was working in an independent record shop. Now I'm a detective sergeant in the police. I guess I'm now dealing with criminal records. That's the first one. I don't know if this is true or not. Steve from Rugby says, Hi, guys, my name's Steve. My first job was at a crayon factory, and now I work in a dairy. It's like chalk and cheese. Right, OK,
1: that's strike one and strike two. So just be careful how you guys behave. I'm writing the name down. two and a half hours to go. Unbelievable. Uh, Izzy, First job, current job?
2: Uh, My first job when I was 16 was as chambermaid, as it was called back in 1986. Right. Um, And uh, yeah, 34 years later, I work in neuroscience. Well, at King's College Hospital in London. There's a ah. curveball.
0: Can I just say, um, I was saying earlier on about all the different seasonal jobs I've done working in hotels and stuff in Devon. chamber mating, which I did for a bit at Pontins Holiday Camp in Devon, if anyone's ever been there before. That's one of the hardest things I've ever done in my life. It's absolutely back-breaking, really hot work, clearing up after some of the stuff I imagine you've seen that people are left behind in, in hotel rooms. is just the worst, isn't it?
2: I think the, for the worst for me was
0: walking in, um, into a bathroom and the man was still in a bath. Oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like The Shining. theory <laughs> me. The question is, Bush, I do you make a no good quality. bed now? No, I don't. I'm, I'm worse than I've ever been. I hate it. But do your feet uh, ever yeah. ache? You know when you work, when you work in, in, you know, uh, hospitality, you, you can't beat that feeling of sitting down for the first time when you've been on your feet all day and you rub your toes. Oh, and yeah. think, oh. But you don't get that. Do you get that in being a neuroscientist or not?
2: Not really, because I sit at a desk, a computer.
0: Oh. <laughs> kind of miss it all the I with get work. into
2: the nitty-gritty. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, well, I love doing housework. I always have done. So my bed's always properly made. All
1: right. Good to chat, Izzy. Thank you very much for sharing the journey.
2: <laughs> Thanks.
1: There's some lovely
0: stories coming out. She's brilliant to see the trajectory of what people have been up to. Stacy says, "My first job was as a paper boy for a newspaper. I became editor of many years later. Always oh, makes yeah. me proud. Wow. That's good work, which is an amazing thing." Oh, we got Steve on the line right now. Steve, what was your first job? Uh, my first job
2: was working in a pub. I was uh, a pot wash like one of yourselves. Um, hey, so I, yeah, got all the banter there. Uh, and now I, uh, I joined the army and become a tank mechanic.
0: Wow. So that whole ever you sit there and watch, uh, you know. Brought up in Blythe, made in the Royal Navy. That's kind of you, the whole army career trajectory. Yeah, yeah. Do tanks
1: have MOTs? <laughs> uh, no, but they do
2: have um, uh, annual inspections, which they have to be carried out, uh, obviously, annually, every 12, 12, six months. They have a thorough inspection.
0: Wow, and, and you know the tanks that we've got in the army at the moment, are you, like, keeping them ticking over, or is it brand-new kind of shiny hardware, or these things that we've kind of, you've kind of helped lovingly restore and keep ticking over over the years?
2: Uh, well, we've got brand-new, nice, shiny stuff, but we keep the old stuff going as
0: well. What's your favourite tank? Favourite tank out of the lot? Chieftain, Chieftain. Sherman? I would say it would
2: have to be the Chieftain. Oh!
0: oh. Good shout, Richie. I love the fact that both of us had a go-to tank. Yeah, if you're got, got, if you you at home, you've got a go-to tank, do let us know what it is. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Jason from St Ellen's says, being an ex-tank commander, you can't beat the raw strength of the Challenger 2. I've just checked it. Top speed of 40 miles an hour. It's like top trumps this. And if you're sat there saying,
0: well, it's nothing to do with me, I haven't got a go-to tank, get a go-to tank. You have to have one. You have to have one. G says it's got to be the German Leopard 2A7. And I love this text from Emma that says, Hi, boys. It's the Panzer, obviously. <laughs>
2: They asked for a podcast. We told them to do it themselves. And here it is. The Home Time Podcast with Bush and Richie.
0: Can I tell you about my accident I had this morning? Please do. I had a bit of an accident. I was making bagels first thing this morning. Absolutely starving. Anyone else do that? Rather than just put them in and go and do some other stuff when you're toasting things, stand there and watch them. Oh, yeah. Stood there and watching them. As soon as they popped out, I tried to transfer the bagels uh, to the plate so I could start buttering them straight away. And they completely scorched my impatient piggy little trotters. <laughs> and I would say... I would I would say and I I want to put a line in the sand on tonight's show I think just toasted bagels are the hottest thing on the planet there is no hotter it's a bold claim it's a very bold claim I put it on Twitter thinking that's it that's me done you know, point proved, solved. And have had a load of stuff back where people have been coming back with what they think are competitive other things that are hottest
1: hottest thing on the planet. Have to say I'm not surprised. What would be your thing for hottest thing on the planet? Hottest thing on the planet is very much the same scenario as yourself, right? You were impatient, you were waiting for your bagel. Yeah, I was starving. When I stop somewhere or I go to some kind of um, some kind of outlet that is gonna give me a hot drink, whether it's uh, a coffee or a tea or cappuccino or a latte or whatever, yeah. And it goes goes inside that cup and then they put the lid on top. Oh, yeah. Any liquid that comes out of the little hole in the plastic top, <laughs> any <laughs> liquid comes out and you will lose all function of your tongue for seven hours.
0: I would say probably the peak heat of that would be uh, the incredibly strong tea that would be served to you from Burger Van <laughs> with a plastic lid on yeah, a polystyrene that cup.
1: too, that's the peak, Just yes. before a
0: football match, maybe in the car park of a local B&Q or something like that. Uh, Some other stuff coming in here. Mike says, fondue. Fondue's the hottest thing on the planet. Hashtag find me. Finn Kitsch, who's behind the Spirit of the Blues viral thing on Everton's uh, website and stuff, says someone hasn't bitten into a deep-fried Pop-Tart then, have they? I mean, I remember that from donkeys years ago. I don't know if they're still going, Pop-Tarts. I hope they're just as warm as they were in the 80s. They really were warm. This one, though, could be a current leader to rival the just-toasted bagel. Dan says, what about the hot air inside a freshly toasted pita bread? (laughs) That is roasting hotter <laughs> than the sun. That is. So look, we're putting together a little list here. What, in your opinion, what run-of-the-mill thing
1: is the hottest thing on the planet? We want to hear from you tonight. I'd like to chuck in a new contender, actually. Go for it. In the space of three minutes, I've upgraded to. You're doing a microwave meal, yeah. right? You're halfway through. The instructions say you've got to take it out halfway through. You've got to peel back the lid and oh, just yeah. give it a stir. And you peel it back, <laughs> and suddenly, <laughs> just all that—it just comes out, and just melts
0: your hands as you're trying to stir it. Added uh, drama, if you're. A glasses-wearing fellow like we are, Yes, it steams them up. That's a good point. I mean, I mean, do you do the thing you know, sometimes you might check oven chips to see how they're getting on. <laughs> you get a good waft of steam on steaming up the glasses for added effect. Some brilliant stuff coming into the show. Diane says it's got to be a jam toasty. Now, who eats jam-toasted sandwiches? If I'm getting out the Breville, the last thing that's going in is, is jam. That is, uh... That's just... You know when you're rich and famous and you, you live life the way you want and, and you don't care? I imagine Whitney Houston and Bobby Brown having jam toasties. When I when I become an eccentric millionaire, I'm going to have jam toasties. That's the first thing we're going to do. Uh, Paulino says, Tomato soup. Doesn't matter how short of time you warm it for, it's like lava. <laughs> and then Kitty says, uh, For me, it's the sauce in a Chicago Town mini pizza. <laughs> hottest thing on this planet hottest thing on this planet Cat Wright our very own newsreader here at Absolute Radio has texted in to say the inside of a minced beef Finder's crispy pancake
1: that is hot isn't it <laughs> yes it is very hot indeed Greg's corned beef slice straight out of the oven says Simon <laughs> molten <laughs> lava and pastry don't know how they do it isn't it cruel all
0: of these things you want to eat really quickly because you're starving Yeah. but they make you wait uh, Keith says any Cornish pasty from a train station out there <laughs> <laughs> loving his work uh, we've got Paul on the line Paul what are you your opinion is the hottest thing on this planet.
2: McDonald's apple pie. Oh, now then—that's
0: a legendary hot thing, isn't it? Even to the point where most of the packaging is warming you, uh, warning you of its, uh, its. Uh, yeah, they're,
2: they're, they're, they're just lethal. They really are.
0: So you've got to just be careful, and then this is the difficult thing when you're starving. You've just got to leave it to sit there for a little bit before you have it.
1: Yeah, that's right. Are you speaking from experience, Paul? Have you have you suffered injuries and gone to a small claims court over this? <laughs> um, not quite suffered injuries, but your you, my mouth has been like numb for hours.
0: Yeah, <laughs> this is this is the thing, isn't it? Starving people, but you know sometimes you just can't wait, can you, Paul?
1: That's it. Yeah, you can't. Yeah. Thank you, Paul. So many of these coming in. Barry, what's the hottest thing on this planet? overall at the football. do they still serve Bovril at the football I don't think I've ever had Bovril at the football
2: (laughs) well not not anymore Up in Scotland, yeah, we, we get it all the time. I do yeah. hope there's actually
1: somebody who's watching like um, one of these games behind closed doors at the moment, but but the people are going into their kitchen and boiling up the kettle yes. and making themselves some Bovril just to get that proper football experience. <laughs> that Scottish footballing That's, experience. Absolutely. Who, who, absolutely which team well. do you go
0: and watch in the freezing Scottish colds with you warming yourself up with Bovril back in the day?
2: I uh, Hot of Midlothians, uh, my team.
0: Superb. And then uh, do they just add hot, really, really hot water to the powder of Bovril and hand it oh. over to you in a polystyrene cup?
2: Yeah, well, little cardboard ones that actually uh, they, they, they burn your fingers as well, so it's uh, it's a double whammy.
0: It's fraught with danger. And I imagine the amount of goals the Hearts score, you know, this is the danger of throwing that yeah. everywhere as you jump to celebrate.
2: Well, I don't know about
0: that. <laughs> hey, first
1: in the Scottish Championship at the moment, Barry, it's heady times. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. I've still got that
0: Bentos that I bought the other day that I haven't eaten yet. So he's saying that the centre of that is going to heat up to outrageous proportions. He's uh, urging caution. This is the problem. It's really hard when you've got a lovely item like that. You just want to eat it. Uh, Bizarre that someone hasn't mentioned this yet because this was going to rival for me the bagel in terms of heat. The top of a boiled egg. You know when you do boiled eggs and yes. you, you want to try and hold on to them so you can do that kind of lip the top off with a knife bit? Yeah. When they're hot, it's, it's almost like cat and mouse. That <laughs> like, do, oh, uh, uh. Uh, this one is good as well. Guys, the hottest thing in the world is the inside of a fish pie that's just come out of the oven, says John, who's driving a
1: Tesco van around Shropshire. Toby and Buston make a very good point. How do KFC get their baked beans as hot as they do? We've all had baked beans, but, you know, when it comes as a side, as part of one of their amazing meals... yeah. How do they get them that hot? Because they are hot. I just
0: want to say, they are hot, and they're great. You want them turning up hot as well, don't you? Of course you do. But um, can you imagine having a KFC meal without a little pot of baked beans? I mean, I, I get no. popcorn chicken. Oh, no. You need, a, you need the wet thing, though, with it. Do you know what I mean? You need the wet thing.
1: I'm not sure I do. I like the the crispiness of the kernel. Is it it beans in
0: general you've got a problem with? Do you like baked beans? Beans on toast? you have beans on toast? I'm not overly a fan of baked beans, I have to be honest. I'm going to start keeping a book, a little (laughs) book of things that you disappointingly don't like. He's trouble. Uh, Let's go to the phones, and uh, Paul's got a very strong case as to what he thinks is the hottest thing on this planet. What is it, Paul?
2: The hottest thing in the world is my wife made me a pizza the other night, and it was uh, salami and cheese. She whips it out of the oven. I'm delighted with this. I can't wait to get my teeth into it. Took a big bite. Big mistake, because I didn't bite all the way through. The cheese and the salami flops down the chin, oh. skulls the chin, so we start with tears and swearing, and then more tears and swearing. <laughs> wow,
0: well, and, and we mentioned this earlier on. Part of the problem with this is that that childlike inability to to wait for food to cool down slightly before you start eating, particularly when you're starving. Isn't it, right, Paul?
2: Yeah, when you're starving, absolutely. You just can't get enough of it. Plus, I had a couple of ciders as well, so it kind of... Uh, <laughs> oh you know. It, uh, it soothes the pain, put it that way.
1: I think the thing about your pizza as well is you may subtly be expecting a little bit of burn on the tongue because it's hot, it's tomato and all that kind of yeah. thing. But what you're not what what makes the pain worse is when it just flaps down onto your chin, like you say. Then you're getting pain in an area you're not, you're not expecting. No, it's, it's even, even worse.
0: No one should be walking around their workplace with a burnt chin. There's a lot of explaining to do, isn't there?
2: Yeah, but you can't get it off either. I mean, you're scraping away at the chin and you look at <laughs> all Poo-poo. Oh, it really is.
0: I, I, I think you stay you're staying away from pizza nowadays. Then,
2: Paul. No, nah, I'm an addict. I'm an addict. <laughs> you can't get enough. You know, just I just put uh, you know facial protection on these days. Never mind yeah. facial protection for COVID. <laughs> P- uh, pizza PPI. <laughs> yeah, pizza PPI exactly. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, what is it? Not PPI.
0: I'm really sorry. What's it? Is it PPI? Yeah, PPI. I thought PPI was the personal. The... Yeah, PPE. PPE. Oh my God! You don't want to go and take out any form of insurance. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear! Good speech, you, ma'am. Yeah, and you.
1: Absolute radio.
0: Whatever you're doing, stop. Or whatever you're doing, down. Even if you have any tea, whatever you need to stop because it's time for radio. At its most dangerous, 100 balls, 100 phone-in topics.
1: It's the Tuesday tombola. When we first came up with the idea, they said, "Don't do it, boys." The too lawyers t- were like, it's, "Don't it's do it. Too dangerous. Too tricky." Well, if you get stuck with a phoning topic that you can't work with, hasn't happened yet, is it? It hasn't happened yet. There's been times where we kind of thought to ourselves, oh, this could be the one that tests us all, but then you guys come through. So, yeah, it's, it's, we're all in this together. It's not just me and Richie, it's you lot as well. The weight of responsibility is shared by all. We have a tombola. It's golden, it spins, it's got eight sides. Those are all details that are not really important. There's 100 balls inside. They're all labelled to 100 different radio topics that Bush and I dreamt up. Which one right now? Will be what we discuss.
0: We made up uh, all these topics when we were in the pub, and I remember tweeting the photo of it, and I got a lot of stick about leaving the last quarter of my pint. <laughs> it's ball 23. Ball 23.
1: David Beckham's number, I think, for uh, LA Galaxy. Like the thing earlier on, not that important, not that <laughs> interesting. <laughs> I might even have got it wrong. What do you hoard? What do you hoard? What do you hoard? This gonna, could be
0: good, I like this. My other half, Katie, I went far under the bus on this one. We've got hundreds of little tiny Tupperware containers with no lids in our kitchen at the moment. <laughs> that and goo ramekin pots,
1: I think we've got the market covered. Hey, you're getting us started already. This is, a, this is a, good, uh, a good ball that's come out here. It is, it's working. Right, look, get in touch, 812.15 for your text. You can tweet us at Absolute Radio. For the final hour of the show, we simply want to know, what do you hoard? Hoops has tweeted. Yeah. Her tweet finishes with, the, with the, the words that are integral to any hoarder. Just in case. That is the word of a hoarder, all right? They always think they don't want to throw anything out just hey. in case they need it. So she says here, I've got baskets full of little shampoos, conditioners, tiny toothpastes oh, and aye. shower gels from hotels over the years. Just in case. Just in case. Just in case. There's your.
0: There's your hoarder. I reckon there's a there's a picture of her that's been circulated via fax to all of the best westerns in the United <laughs> Kingdom. Uh, Davy Turner says I hoard snakes. I have about twenty eight of them, royal pythons, corn snakes, and a hog nose too. Hognose too. apparently that is a uh, that's a snake as far as he's concerned. Just in case. Just in, you never know, you never know when <laughs> they're going to come up. Uh, this text kind of sums up where we're at at the moment with the Tuesday Tombola. <laughs> Dave and Pompey says, I hoard the same as any middle-aged British dad. Bits and pieces that have fallen off things over the years, screws, buttons, old phone chargers and keys to things long gone. Just in case.
1: Just yes. in case. Those are the classic two words of a hoarder. What do you hoard? That is the question the Tuesday Tombola has spat out tonight, just in case. Uh, Jeff Hanging on, what are your hordes?
2: It's my mother-in-law. She's um, she's got this thing about keeping all batteries out of remote controls.
0: (laughs) Right, okay.
2: (laughs) So
1: when you're looking for a battery, you'll say, "Cathy, have you got a battery?" She say, "Yeah, there's one in the brown box." And I'm like, all of them are like all batteries. (laughs) What do you keep them for?" So hang on. So over. Okay. So we're getting to the the nub of this. These are batteries that have died, and she keeps them.
0: Yeah, she keeps them, yeah. She keeps them. So like a pet cemetery graveyard thing, but (laughs) for batteries from remote control handsets.
2: Like a battery hoarder, yeah. Horrendous.
0: And and when you when you put one in when Kathy has said, Oh I've got some in the brown box, does it ever work or are they always flat anyway?
2: <laughs> no, the flat. <laughs> 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 dead, dead for a reason. <laughs> Normally
1: your hoarder does have some logic to it, you know, with the whole just in case system, but yeah. there really is none to this.
0: Well, well could you intervene and and maybe tip them in the bin and say and sit it down and say this is ridiculous, this needs to stop.
2: Mate, there's hell on if you put them in the bin. She, she, she takes them out of the bin and puts them back in the box. <laughs> you in terrible? Things that are going to come in handy one day. <laughs>
1: Brilliant. That's amazing. Thanks, Jeff.
0: I've uh, got some amazing stuff coming into the show. Uh, Leslie's on the line.
1: Leslie, what do you hoard? Salt sachets. <laughs> salt sachets? Are you yeah, are you, you worried mean, about some kind of world salt shortage?
2: No, it's more to do with if you get iced in, you
1: know, when you're driving. <laughs> that's a lot of small
0: sachets to try and get, dig a car out, that's for sure.
2: You know, when you go to anywhere and, and you pick up some salt and pepper and and you always get too much and then you put it in your bag and sometimes it
1: comes in handy but mostly not. Leslie, I'm going to defend you on this one because I, as a man who likes salt with his chips, yeah. as a man who likes mayo with his chips, that is why I will quite often have salt sachets and mayo sachets in my bag because not enough places these days will have them on hand. No,
2: that's it. I, you know...
0: These days, you can't touch anything, anything, I mean, so... Like this, the phrase that's come up in this hour of the show, would you agree, just in case?
2: Always just in case, always. Absolute Radio. They asked for a podcast. We told them to do it themselves. And here it is, the Hometime Podcast with Bush and Richie.
1: Bit more tafifi chat. They're made by Stork. Okay, S-T-O-R-C-K. What I love about your Tafifi, all right, your Cadbury's and your Mars Corporation, they make loads and loads and loads and loads of things, yeah. right? Stork, they're just keeping going by making Tafifi, and I respect them for that.
0: They must have other chocolates going on in their line. Just, Name it. Um, Bonofifi. <laughs> <laughs> That's a dessert, mate. <laughs> Terrible, isn't it? Sorry about that, everyone.
2: Okay, guys. One, two, three,
0: four. Bush and Ritchie's podcast, it is now over. Bush and Ritchie's podcast, it is now over. Let me hear you say, Bush and Ritchie's podcast. It is now over. The Shad Ritchie podcast. It is now over. It's over. Done. It's over. It's done.